Hi everyone, this is Mark Graham, one of the chefs here at Promo Kitchen, and today I am joined by the wonderful Johanna Gottlieb, our incoming president. Unless you have been living under a rock this past week, you likely heard the news about Polyconcept acquiring drinkware leader ETS Express. In this special episode of the podcast, we wanted to understand how this transaction took place, what this means for Polyconcept and ETS customers, and the impact this will have on the overall promotional products industry. We are very lucky today to welcome Neil Ringle, CEO of Polyconcept, and Sharon Eyal, CEO of ETS Express, to the podcast. Both are exceptionally busy people, and we're grateful they took some time with us at Promo Kitchen. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Neil and Sharon to the podcast. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Really excited to have you here. And I wanted to start off with this first question. I know lots of people are going to be excited to know the details of this. Can you tell me how this transaction came together? Sharon, specifically, were you actively looking to sell? And why was this the right time to sell for ETS? Well, we weren't actively looking to sell. PCNA and myself, we've been in talks since 2009. This has been 10 years in the making. It wasn't. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we always talked about it in the past and uh, we always wanted to do something together. And after the Swell lawsuit, I decided, you know, maybe it's time to look at other options and maybe it is time to exit. And so I reached out to Jim Epstein and we started talking. And fast forward 12 months later, we closed the deal, but it was something that Jim and I, have talked about for years. We've always had a great admiration for each other. So PCN and ETS were always connected in some way for some reason, in a good way. And we finally just pulled the trigger. I'm curious to mind something you just said there. You talked about the Swell lawsuit, which I know must have taken a lot out of you. And again, congratulations on going to the mat there, because I know it was a great victory for you as well as the industry. But was there something in you, Sharon, that might have said after that, like, oh gosh, we wouldn't be able to handle another one of these. And if you were associated with a larger company, that it would give you more ammunition if this were to happen in the future? Yeah, but that wasn't the main driver. For me, we got to New York two days before the lawsuit. And that's when they finally put in their request for damages. And they were asking for $123 million. Hmm. And so when we won the lawsuit two and a half weeks later, I realized everybody was celebrating, but we got on the plane back to LA. By the time we landed, I realized my whole life's work, I mean, I've been at ETS since I was 17, yeah. full-time. My whole life's work could have ended if the jury went the other way. And I realized everything I worked for could come to an end overnight. And I wasn't okay with that. I never really recovered from that, to be quite honest with you. And I said, you know what? Maybe it is time to look at options and see what we can do. And that's how we came up with the deal and decided to move forward. Wow. That's amazing. Sharon, I'm curious about the fact that PCNA is already a big force, a big factor, a big market leader in drinkware already in the promotional products industry. Why does this acquisition of ETS make sense for you? It makes perfect sense for us. First of all, PCNA or Leeds has always been our number one competitor in the category. They do an amazing job. So we always came up against Leeds. Why did it make sense for us is for two reasons. We share the same values. I like the guys. I like the management team. I knew that my team of 610 team members would go to a good home. And if anything, we'll be able to continue to grow the business and stay on course. So that's why I wanted to go with PCNA. And on top of it, for ETS, it opens up Canada for us. We have a direct line haul into Canada, which we will launch very soon in the first quarter, most likely, I hope, 
of 2020. And down the line, in the very near future, it also gives us a direct arm into Europe with PF concepts. We can send the ETS designs right from the factories to PF and have them decorated there. So it really opens up a lot of options for us here at ETS and greater opportunity for everybody at ETS. One example is product design. You know, we design a lot of products that we never even bring to fruition because we feel like, ah, it's not exactly an ETS look or it's not high-end enough. So now that really opens us up. We can give it to Bullet. There's so much we can do right now. Sky's the limit. I've never been so excited about something like I am today. So I'm really excited about what we're about to do. Yeah, that's amazing. And Neil, I'm curious from your perspective on the PCNA side, as the larger acquiring company, how did you look at this transaction given your leadership in drinkware and then looking at ETS and what they were doing? I'm curious to know from your vantage point what this looked like. Firstly, we love the drinkware category. And that's obvious is we worked really hard to bring these two companies together. And in fact, Sharon's business was larger in the drinkware category than PCNA. We're similar in size, but they were the number one player and we were the number two. And you put that together and it's just a tremendous combination. And drinkware itself is still the fastest growing category at PCNA. And we expect that's going to continue for a lot of years into the future. So for us in ETS, you're hearing from Sharon and what you're hearing is a true giant in the space. And so we saw leadership in design. We saw leadership in decoration. We saw the innovation that ETS had. And we saw a company culture, people who shared our values and our commitment to the customer. It looked like we were in many ways looking in a mirror in terms of the way we were approaching the business and the category. And I I could not think of a better organization out there to join us. Bringing ETS into the PCNA family is going to allow us to benefit from all the stuff that they've been doing in terms of best practice and the things that we've been doing and spread it out across our entire organization. Things like design and, and sourcing, logistics, production, all of it together You take the number one and number two player and you will get a very, very strong market leader. Yeah. Wow. Listen to you both describe values and culture so nicely about each other. I love that. Sounds like you're talking about families. In many ways you are. Yeah. Sherelle, and this one's for you. So what roles will you and your family members continue to play in the business? Will you play any broader role in the PCNA parent company? I think so. I'm going to stay on as ETS's CEO. My dad is going to stay on with me as well. Tally would like to go ahead and call it quits. So she's going to stay through the transition period for about six months. And then she'll go on and do whatever it is she wants to get into. So that's the role of, you know, on the ETS side. On the PCNA side, I'm very excited to work with them on product design, on production, because I'm a production guy to be first. Everything else is secondary. So between design and production, I'm hoping that I have the opportunity to really help enhance and and make us better. Is now that we're one big family, I really want to make sure that all of us make each other better. And I'm really excited for that. Nice. And how does this deal impact the prices customers currently pay for your product? Does this mean that PCNA's pricing arrangements now apply to ETS, like rebates and buying groups? I know you have some pretty strong opinions about those things. Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think the whole industry knows have pretty strong opinions about those things, right? <laughs> we all know you have really strong opinions about those things. <laughs> so let me take a shot at this one. It's business as usual. So 
the straight answer is nothing is changing. The ETS program structure, pricing, commercial policies, and the PCNA existing agreements are going to remain in place for 2020. It's still early days for us, and we've got a lot to explore, but for this year, nothing is changing. I want that to be crystal clear. And we want to assure our distributors that the programs that are in place will remain in place for 2020. So uh, nobody should look for anything to be taken away from them. We're very conscious that people have planned their year and we're going to stay the course. Now to push on that a little bit more, when you think about moving beyond, say, 2020, if PCNA currently is in a buying group that's giving rebate, and you may not know the answer to this, but I can still ask it, is, is the view that <laughs> sure, ETS yeah. would always stay in this kind of special universe in terms of it being this special brand from a pricing perspective? Or does PCNA go out to market and tell that common story about, hey, all the brands under the PCA universe can expect this level of service, level of price, level of inventory, so on and so forth? Yep, you, you absolutely can ask, and I'll do my best to answer it. Again, it's really early yep. for us, but the way that I'm thinking about this is a rebate is an extension of price in many ways. It's a component of something larger. To simply change a component of price without looking at all of the other value drivers yep. that are there would be a mistake. And so we're going to take our time and we are going to not do knee-jerk reactions and responses and approach things in a peace-feel way. We're going to be very, very thoughtful about how we approach this. And I know, you know you're asking me the specific question about rebates. I like what Sharon has done. I respect how they have built their programs. And by the same token, what David Nicholson and his team have done on the PCNA programs have worked. I think we have to look at how we want to go forward. But at this moment, and it's a good opportunity for me to say this, we intend to run ETS as a standalone brand within our yep. portfolio, sharing best practice. But it's Sharon's business yep. to run without being able to see him right now. I know he's probably smiling because I know his opinion. <laughs> that's good. We're dealing with some strong personalities here, but that, that's what makes for a good podcast. For sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Neil, I've got a question for you. This is your first yeah. big acquisition as CEO of Polyconcept. For those folks that don't know, your prior stint was at Staples. Can you tell me your approach on buy versus build when it comes to growing sales? Oh, sure. Let me take it back one step and just say, in my early career, my background was in sales and sales yeah. management. The first 25 years of my career was really strictly focused on sales and sales management. So needless to say, coming out of that type of experience, a sustainable and consistent organic growth guy, you will never meet more than me. I believe you have to grow your business organically. Fortunately, Polyconcept has been really good at that, certainly from before I joined, but doing quite well this year. And we're going to continue to be very customer-oriented, product-oriented, service-oriented. If you do those things and you do them well, you got the essential building blocks of organic growth. Yeah. But you asked about acquisitions. And so my criteria for any acquisition is pretty simple. First and foremost, does it fill a strategic need? Yep. If it does, then see if you can make a deal happen. To help advance our strategy, 
to move faster, to be more efficient, to do things that we couldn't do on our own in as short a period of time. Those things are drivers of making an acquisition. So, I mean, to say it bluntly, it has to be more than a pure top line expansion. Yep. If you're only doing it for top line, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And ETS brought to us a bunch of things. They brought great product design, leading decoration capabilities. So check those boxes. And it also gives PCNA a bunch of new talented leaders and teammates, as well as to what Sharon was referencing, our ability to distribute more efficiently up into Canada yep. and into Europe. Yep. So there is a revenue opportunity there. There's also a geographic footprint opportunity for PCNA. As most of your listeners clearly know, PCNA is primarily based in the East and the Midwest, and we don't have West Coast distribution. And the acquisition of ETS Express will give us a footprint yeah. on the West Coast. And doing that should ultimately, not immediately, allow for us to shorten the distribution times of non-drinkware products as we build out our network in California. Yeah. I think it's really smart. And as the Canadian that's on the call right now <laughs> brings me back to an acquisition before your time, Neil, of the Aware Marketing Group in mm -hmm. Canada and how that was such a strategic opportunity for you to bring the lead story into Canada. Because before buying from leads in Canada, it was very difficult. And then almost overnight, it became this incredible experience. So I can understand what you're saying with regard to the West Coast. And I suspect you probably had some challenges with West Coast distributors that don't want to pay for overnight freight. And five-day freight standard freight times is just too long. We agree. And you brought up Aware. And I think you know a great example was the acquisition of Trimark, which was done long before I joined the organization. Yep. but something I've looked back on and said, what a very wise strategic move. You had a business that had a very good reputation in Canada, but no distribution in the United States. Yep. And now, of course, the Trimark business in the U.S. is, is a great business. So yeah. that was a good example of a strategic acquisition. You do it not just to move your top line, but can you learn something? Yep. Can you acquire great talent? We did both. Yeah. It's a good story, and I think this will turn out to be an even better story. Yeah, well, it's exciting. I'm going to throw one more in here and then I'm going to shift it back to Joe. So we want to talk about the naysayers. We want to talk about the people that are concerned about this as well. And thank you for being brave to answer some of these questions. So some naysayers are going to wring their hands and say that this is just another example of a big traditional supplier buying a smaller, beloved, innovative player where innovation is ultimately sacrificed. Sharon. I'd specifically love to get your take on this, given that you're the smaller of the parties in this particular equation. Is there truth to this? In nine out of 10 times, I would say yes. In this particular case, I think both Neil and I recognize that ETS is somewhat of a unicorn, and it's not going to be your typical acquisition where the big company comes in and changes everything, and pushes their policies down and their culture down. Actually, our cultures are aligned. Our visions are aligned. We want to keep ETS as a separate entity to continue to innovate. So not much will change. I know most people are probably rolling their eyes back as I'm saying it. <laughs> However, give us six months. Let us prove it to you. ETS will remain ETS. PCNA will remain PCNA. Both companies together are going to be much better very quickly. Yeah. 
Neil, again, thinking of the naysayers, is there a risk that this consolidation trend in the industry will impact the competitive landscape that has led to so much growth over the last few years? Is there a potential that this stifles industry growth? Our focus at PCNA is on building a business that our teammates are proud to work for this company and our distributors are proud to partner with us. Competitively, we work hard to earn and re-earn the loyalty of distributors and their account executives. And we do it through providing an unparalleled experience. Certainly Sharon does, PCNA does, great products and an easy end-to-end process. If we provide reliability and responsiveness, that separates us competitively. We compete for the loyalty of our customers and everything we do, and I'm certain that ETS is going to make PCA even stronger in this. Everything we do is about instilling confidence and earning our customers' business. If we do those things right, we get rewarded with growth. Is there a risk from consolidation? Not to me, because I'm concentrating on the customer. The true risk to any industry or any enterprise is the lack of a vision a complacency around the customer experience, no innovation, taking things for granted. PCNA and ETS share a value that's customer-centric and product innovation forward. I don't worry much about my competition. I worry a lot about my customers. And I think together, we're going to be even stronger in that regard. So I don't get overly worried about consolidation. If I'm wearing my distributor hat right now, I have to say I appreciate that comment that you care more about your customers than your competitors. Great, great feedback. So I'm sure you guys are familiar with the promotional products page on Facebook. And there's a lot of activity there some days more than others. And reading a comment from that group, someone says, another supplier off my list. I want suppliers where the quote unquote owner is in the building. While we think this is a little misguided, what do you think of this? Is there any validity to this? In this particular case, it's exactly to what I said before. People are are very quick to judge. This isn't your normal acquisition. We're going to make both companies better. ETS will not change for the worse. Polyconcepts will not change for the worse. We're going to get better. So again, it goes to show you all I'm asking for for both customers and all these fees that I've seen as well in social media. Just give us six months to prove it to you guys. I know you're probably saying, oh, we've heard this all before. Give us a chance. I'm a man of my words. Anybody that knows me says if it's not true, I will never say something. We know for sure we're going to make this work. As we say, we're going to make it work. So I have no concern. I just hope people give us the chance to show them that, hey, you're panicking, but this isn't the normal acquisition. That's how I look at it. I would say, look, everybody's entitled to their opinion and Certainly, there's some emotion in that, and I won't question if it's misguided or not because, hey, it's how you feel. But I'll say it certainly doesn't align with my thinking. To me, a business is the sum of its people, and I judge my suppliers by the quality of their service and their responsiveness, the quality of their products, the quality of their sales reps. I don't judge it by if the owner is in the building or not. I mean, in this particular case, Sharon is still in the building. And I could not agree more with his comments. It's easy in the early days to think the worst or believe that the worst is going to happen. Wait and see. We're committed to one another. We're committed to one another for a long period of time. I would not have been interested in this acquisition if Sharon was not part of the leadership. 
we're committed to serving our distributors. Give us an opportunity to do that. Just jumping in with a comment, I think that what this gentleman is really getting at is this concern about lack of accountability and lack of good process. And I think that's really what, quote unquote, the owner is. And if you think about some smaller suppliers, sometimes that accountability and that responsibility is tied to the owner. But I think the hallmark of any great business, whether it's in the promotional industry or outside, is when an owner can create great people and process and systems that allow for their vision to work at scale. And I think that's really what they're talking about. I mean, Sharon, you're the fantastic guy, but at the end of the day, what's really fantastic about ETS, sure, you're a great guy, but what's really great about it are the systems, the people, the processes, the fact that your people do as they say. You've got a huge company. It's not all just you. You're not answering the phone, (laughs) taking orders. And I think that's really what it comes down to is when the systems break down. I think that's what they're really concerned about. I think what's exciting about a PCNA or an ETS is that your systems and your cultures are so buttoned up already. People love you for that and for that consistency. So I personally think the comment's a bit misguided, but I think that's ultimately what people are getting at. I couldn't agree more. I mean, 100% the comment is misguided. He's entitled to his feelings and I respect his feelings, but it is misguided. Look, ETS, at the end of the day, I've, I've said this for years, it's not ETS anymore. It's not El Italian Chiron. Yeah. Yeah, we're connecting the dots, but we have 610 team members throughout the company that they don't need us anymore. I'm definitely not anymore. I stepped away from the company for about six months back in 2010 to take care of my wife. I came back, nothing changed. We continue to grow. And that's when I realized this is very special. Yeah. These guys here, yes, I'm here every day. They don't need me anymore, but I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Each of you guys have seen other acquisitions and mergers in the industry over the years. What have you observed about what makes a successful acquisition on both sides? Neil, let's start with you. I have participated in over a dozen acquisitions in my career. Not all of them in this industry, most of them not, but they've been large and they've been small and they've been successful and some of them were not. So Let me start by saying I'm over a dozen of these right now. I've learned a lot and I'm confident this one's going to go well. And that's speaking from experience and a lot of scars. It boils down to culture. It boils down to shared values, how we treat people, how we think about our customers. If businesses are not aligned on those basic foundational things, they should not come together. Once you have that alignment, It boils down to preparation. Then explaining to those new team members who are shocked that something took place, Mm. explaining to them why, why you're doing what you're doing every step of the way. Communication, right? If you don't over-communicate, you're under-communicating. So a solid plan and transparent communications are the keys to success. The business things, how fast you do something, how fast you share a best practice, those things will come over time. The first and most important thing is let's make sure that people understand who they're working for and why this transaction took place and what they can expect in the future. When we deliver those things, then we have a foundation to talk about 
best practice and how to grow the business together and how to get that line haul to run up to Canada. We're going to do all those things. But first, we want our people to know that they're going to be taken care of and that they have a great future at the combined company. Mm. Sharon, how about you? I agree with everything Neil said. I will add between PCNA's management team, their commitment, their style, and ETS's management team, commitment and style to make this a go, there's no way we can fail. So I have zero concerns. This will be successful transition and it's going to make both companies better than ever. I feel very strongly about that. I have a question about technology for the two of you, but I'll start with Neil on this. Given your past acquisitions of companies like Journal Books and Bullet and Trimark, there's a lot of technology and systems that need to be connected. And I know that you've had some success and some failures with that. How do you anticipate to integrate the technologies and the systems between PCNA and ETS? So let me start off by assuring everybody that we're not changing the operating platform at ETS. So there's not going to be any disruption coming from this massive ERP consolidation or major tech work. The systems work and the systems work for the business. So we're not going to change them. What we will align as one does during these things are financial systems. We're going to want to consolidate our ability to report and do things like that. But those things are data layers. They're not ERP systems. We believe that each of our businesses is unique. Certainly journal books where we are manufacturing product from raw material requires a different system than we require at at Bullet or Leads or at ETS. So our goal is not to bring many to one. Our goal is to run all of them well and find ways to connect the data so we're not duplicating efforts. But the customer service team at ETS will remain in their seats using their system, processing distributors' orders as they did yesterday, as they will in the future but we will work to bring key elements of our data together at a higher level. And Sharon, I know that you recently went through an ERP overhaul, so you're probably not keen to mess with technology over the next little bit. Well, very happy to say that from our side, ERP and CRM, we're up to date on the latest. We just had our final update on our ERP system in August, so we are good to go for the next three to five. Right. But you never know, we may, if something comes up that makes sense to upgrade or change, of course, we'll do it. I have one more question about technology, then I want to turn it back to Joe. In terms of the changing expectations of buyers, when I say buyers, I would refer to your distributor customers and their end clients. What role do you see that technology plays over the next, say, three to five years as to how distributors and their end clients will consume your products using technology? That's a big question. And I'll give you a few answers. I think technology can be used in a number of different ways. Certainly, we have to embrace where the world is going around mobile and around apps. Our customers want to know if we have product. They want to know the price. They want to know the availability. They want transparency into the life cycle of an order on behalf of their customers so they can be proactive rather than reactive. So we're interested in finding ways to 
enable our distributors account executives to be as productive and communicative as they can be with their clients. I think all of that is enabled by technology. I think transparency and visibility are foundational to what we want to provide. And I think technology's the enabler for that. So look for more investment in technology, not complacency from us over the course of the next year or so. There's no surprise there in that comment. I remember at SKU Camp in Pittsburgh, David talked about transparency a lot. Mark, do you recall this? Yeah. He was talking about Everlane and what they're doing and the, the way they're showing the economies of scale right on site and where dollars are actually going. So transparency is a great way to integrate technology. I agree. That presentation, by the way, was half incredibly inspirational and half incredibly terrifying. And David <laughs> Nicholson just had this like wonderful, I know, Neil, you were in the audience as well, just had this wonderful ability to just keep people so excited about like stats and data and really yeah. only one guy who could do it and it was him. But whoa, that was a great presentation. Yeah, it really was. So let's talk about Amazon. I know this is a big topic in our industry as well right now with their potential entrance into the promotional industry. Is there any part of this transaction that fortifies you against an Amazon threat? What do you guys think of this? Well, I came out of an industry that was disrupted by Amazon. So for those people who don't know my background, I worked for Staples for 23 years. And the office products industry was one of many that felt the disruption that came from them. I think every company in every industry is thinking somewhat about the threat to their business, whether it comes from Amazon or somebody else. I think most companies falsely believe that they've got some type of special service or secret sauce that builds a moat around their business against new competitors. Moats fill up. People come across them. I respect Amazon. I know what they can do. And they want to get into lots of categories. So we're not going to put our head in the sand. I think what we can do is continue to delight our customers, innovate our products, innovate our service, provide a level of service that's not easily replicated. And when you're doing those things for your customer, competitors can come. Competitors can come hard at you like somebody that big might. But if you give your customers no reason to look elsewhere, they won't go elsewhere. So our job is to make sure that we don't get complacent. We continue to innovate. Your technology question was certainly a good one. David's presentation at SKU Camp was certainly spot on target. You have to keep adapting your business on behalf of your customers. If you don't, someone else will. If the someone else is in your question, Amazon, then they'll come in and they'll do some damage. But if we do our jobs, they'll look somewhere else to go who's potentially more vulnerable. I think what's so interesting about Amazon is at the end of the day, Amazon really represents convenience and great customer service for the user. I think all of us probably shop on Amazon quite a bit, and it's most often a great experience. And if I reflect back many years ago, this is even well before Amazon was really scary to us in the industry. PCNA came up with SureShip, like this concept that you could place an order by I don't know what the time was, let's say 5 p.m. I, don't quote me on this. I might be getting it wrong. But I think it was midnight. Yeah, okay, even better. 
So by midnight, and then the following day, the product would ship. I remember I was speaking to a, another distributor friend in the industry who said something like they were on a flight and they managed to get an internet connection and they were able to place a purchase order at like 11.35 p.m., two leads on a SureShip and the product was going to ship the following day. And to me, that's Amazon thinking. That's this concept of you get it tomorrow. It's that concept of great customer experience. So I know there were a number of other suppliers that looked at that and said, oh gosh, if we don't offer a SureShip type service, we're going to get crushed by PolyConcept. So in some respects, PolyConcept kind of pulled this amazing Amazon style move many years ago. And it's just a great example of a differentiator and a way of keeping the customer right at the forefront. I agree with you, Mark. I think that is such a great example of being a disruptor in a space having it fast followed by people who recognize that it was disruption and having to continue to innovate. You know, you go back and look at the Amazon story and I'm sure brick and mortar felt very secure until it wasn't secure. So yeah, thanks for calling out that innovation. I think that was David's baby back in the day and it really helped grow our business. And we have to continue to deliver those levels of innovation. We want to make sure that we're respecting your time. Again, noting that we were able to wrangle you on the podcast pretty quickly. We'd love to open it up to both Neil, you and Sharon, if you've got any final parting words on message to the industry or anything that we may have missed that you want to cover in our last minute or so here. I just ask that the industry gives us a chance to prove to them that ETS will remain the same, PCNL will remain the same, and I'll worry about the owners not in the building and nonsense like that. I'm not going anywhere. I'm still young, and things are only going to get better. So that's how I look at it. If there's one thing I can convey, that would be it. I second all of that. I would say in the absence of information, sometimes people think the worst. Yep. So first, we appreciate the opportunity to join you today and to tell the story in our own voice. I guess I'll cap it off by saying PCNA did not buy ETS Express to break it. Hmm. So our goal is to support one another, to continue to allow Sharon to aggressively invest in his business and continue to do the things that made it so attractive for us in the first place. So we are committed to not breaking the business, to growing the business, to allowing them to continue to serve their distributors the way they always have. And I guess the final word is we're committed to doing all of those same things at PCNA, continue to grow, continue to innovate, continue to be strategic in our thinking about how to go forward. So Mark and Joe, thanks so much for the opportunity. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate it. And I wanted to get one more comment in, and this is certainly not an advertisement for PCNA and your approach, but I can say this from my perspective as a distributor or former distributor and now service provider for the last 20 plus years in the industry and having known PCNA for a long, long time is that if you think about all the businesses that you've acquired, and I'd also say, you think about other big suppliers that have acquired other folks as well, it would probably apply to them too, is that each of your portfolio companies have grown quite a bit since they were purchased. There's been a huge impact and growth on the industry as a result of that. 
And the bottom line is, is that if your companies are growing as suppliers, that's great for distributors because it means distributors are placing more orders. And that means the industry is getting bigger and innovation is at the forefront. So I think that that's kind of a, maybe a late breaking comment about this concept of consolidation, not necessarily being this scary bugaboo, but you're able to demonstrate that this is having a direct impact on growth and innovation and the success of our entire industry. So that's my view. Yeah. And just again, wearing my distributor hat, it's really exciting news for me. I know when it came over a couple of days ago, there was a lot of wows in the office and exciting times ahead. I have a lot of respect for both of you. I have a lot of respect for both of your companies. And I'm really excited to see what happens in the next few months. Well, on that note, thank you so much, Neil and Sharon, for taking the time out of your very busy schedules. And we can't wait to share this with the Promo Kitchen community. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org slash donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.